0: You know.
1: We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine.
2: Welcome. It is Monday. It is Optimize My Life, Hometown Heroes. I get the privilege of introducing our guest today. Our guest is a nutritionist with a twist. She doesn't only teach you how to eat well, but she does it in a way that gives you that sustainability, helps you figure out the reasons why you do what you do, and how to use food as a tool to help you live your best life. Paige, welcome. Hi there.
3: Okay, that was such a
2: great introduction. Thank you. My cats, normally you don't see them, but apparently today they are just all racing around. So once in a while you'll hear some background noise. Okay. No worries. I love what you do. Can you hear me okay? You're a little quiet, but that's okay. I can adjust that.
1: Okay. Did you say, how am I doing today?
2: Is that what you want?
1: Oh, I'm good. Just I'm with my dog. Um, excited to have this conversation. I
2: am too just because, you know, there's so much out there about what to eat, how to eat it and diets. Mm-hmm. There's a diet for every person and every lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so as people wanting to lose weight, we get a lot of callers calling in. We used to have a show for diabetes,
1: mm-hmm. and i um,
2: I know I know enough to survive with it. I'm not know enough to have a radio show and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I love the fact that one you are very down to earth, where you know you believe. The way I was trained and taught when I was in the Army is you can have that little piece of cake or that cookie. You just can't eat the whole bag or the whole cake.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: also you find, help them find the reasons why. So you go just beyond yeah. nutrition. Right. Yeah, so, so I'm not to...
0: I'm
1: sorry, I missed what you said. Can you repeat what you said? What
2: got you started in this whole journey of peace? Um,
1: sure. Um, well, when I was growing up, I kind of just came across a lot of different people that had some kind of health issue that they couldn't figure out how to fix. And it was just really um, disturbing to me how many people were suffering um, as I was a teenager and I would meet people growing up in a in a restaurant, saying like this one guy would have to go get dialysis every day. And there were just so many people that had these issues that were ruining their life, but they felt completely hopeless to address. And I just, I had this hope that there had to be something that you could do. And as I moved on in my life, I started working in a health food store and I feel like I was really gifted to be able to meet people that happen to transform their lives using nutritional interventions. And I just felt like I met those people for a reason because you just don't hear about those stories every day, or at least I didn't until I came upon them and I felt like I had to share it.
2: That's true. We don't hear about their stories. We hear mm-hmm. about the people who, you know, it's pull up any social media and that's. Insane with quick fixes Take this pill and it'll make you lose this weight You do this diet and you lose all this weight Or you can be healthier Mm -hmm. doing this And And none of it's sustainable
1: Right Exactly And if people don't understand why they're doing What they're doing and they're just taking orders Then it just feels like this Yo-yo And it just feels like you're taking orders So if you're not integrating it it's not something you're going to want to do or feel like there's actually a reason.
2: You know, when I got my health and wellness certifications for being a coach, thing that I always thought about, and even when I trained as a nutritionist in the Army, mm-hmm. little back in my head was, let me talk about diet. And mm-hmm. I remember I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. So everybody knew Oprah. And every year she would, or every couple of years, she'd endorse the new diet. And, every yeah. day, and that's what my mind goes to. It's like, why would you take this when you see a woman taking it, endorsing it, and she's skinny for a little while, and then she gets big again, endorses a new diet, gets big again. It's just a yo-yo. It's not healthy, but... Yeah, wow, that's such a good example. Yeah,
1: and that's the exact problem because people aren't getting to the root cause, you know, and they're fighting their body rather than listening to it. So that's really what I try to address is get people to be in touch with their body so they can listen to it and they don't feel like they have to fight it and they can get sustainable results you know, by looking at things in a more holistic, long-term way. And like you said, you don't have to be so harsh and restrictive. If you understand the greater picture, then you understand how that can be possible. It might sound too good to be true, but there's actually science behind it. So that's what I really appreciate more than anything is being able to understand that science.
4: You know, and we're
2: talking a more about that in a minute, but, you know, it's like the fad right now. I, I got into all this when my kids were diagnosed with autism because they always, there was all these theories and things pushed in your head that, you know, you need to cut out gluten, cut out carbs, mm-hmm. cut out this in a kid's diet. And I got chewed out a lot by parents. Because I work primarily with autistic kids, because I don't do that. I don't believe in that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I go, well, did you ever kid test it? Did you make sure that this is how it is? You know, do they have that celiac or gluten intolerance? Well, no, we didn't test them. We just took it up. You know, you cut mm-hmm. out all sugars, you cut out everything out of their diet. It's like you wonder why your kids aren't healthy and they're having problems.
1: <laughs> Good point.
2: Exactly.
1: You can exacerbate things and diminish the quality of life.
2: Like the biggest misconception is a potato is, you know, has more vitamin C than an orange. Oh it's my so gosh,
1: exactly.
2: And I found that out because my son won't eat a fruit. You will not eat anything fruity. Mhm. And I, was worried he was going to get scurvy because he wouldn't eat goose, he wouldn't drink, you know, eat fruits. He'd... And the doctor's like, no. And I go, well, why is he fine? Theoretically, if <laughs> you're nutrition-wise, he shouldn't be healthy. He goes, well, he gets enough and other things. Does he eat potatoes? And I go, yeah. He eats them any way you make them. As long as they're shaped like a french fry, he will eat them. He goes, well, <laughs> that's fine. <why." laughs>
1: Yeah, and there can be a reason for that. It might be his body does best with a glucose source rather than fructose. So yeah. there's a reason for those preferences, and it's okay to respect them.
2: <laughs> you know, I've learned one thing with him. I put it on a piece of crust, he will eat it. So, like, I will make <laughs> yeah. chopped up spinach and make spaghetti, and at the very end, I'll take, like, spinach and things like that and chop it up real fine so it looks like seasoning.
1: hmm That's
2: a great idea. I'll, you know, do whatever, but I don't restrict much of what he eats because he restricts himself. I want him to eat. I don't care what he eats as he eats something. Absolutely. Understand that with kids now, the more you force food down them, the more they have the health issues later on when it comes to food. Mm
1: -hmm. That is 100% accurate. And that's exactly how my mom is. She was forced basically on a quote-unquote healthy diet when she was a kid, and you just couldn't you couldn't get her to eat anything, you know, natural or healthy. And that rebelliousness, I guess, is still ingrained in her, you know, understandably, because the body's trying to make sure it can have what it wants, you know.
2: Let me talk a little bit about that cravings and you in the word game the more like you restrict yourself like saying diet we don't call that Mm -hmm. use that word we use you know lifestyle change or meal plans or food
4: Mm -hmm.
2: because the more we reject or take it away the more more they're going to want it human nature
4: exactly
1: yeah The body's going to protect itself, and it's not stupid, and we need to start respecting that. So it's really hindering the body to start dieting, to reduce calories, and even just to reduce food groups. And it's going to try to go back into balance, but you're going to have to pay your bed. You're going to get that metabolic downregulation. You're going to gain weight. And it takes time to get back to that place of balance. So for a lot of people, it would have been better if you never dieted, if you just included all of the things. And then your metabolism would actually be in a better place. And that's what people don't understand. People don't understand that metabolism isn't just about weight. It's about the overall health and your ability to tolerate those things and live a normal life.
2: No, there's been a lot of talk about fasting and how you shouldn't eat after a certain time or you should go so many hours without
4: food
2: that's supposed to theoretically boost your metabolism. What mm-hmm. is your viewpoint on that?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. That's where that misnomer has been used when it comes to the metabolism. You know, the metabolism is a set of energy processes in the body. And one easy way to measure it is your body temperature. And one thing that you will find is over time, our collective body temperature has gone down and that can be traced back to dieting and fasting and fasting. You will definitely find if you take your body temperature in the morning upon waking up that it will be lower. And that's because your metabolism has gone down. Now, I'm not saying that fasting is never helpful for anyone, but you have to have a healthy metabolism first. You have to have stored glycogen in your liver because you have eaten carbs and you're not restricting yourself and you've just eaten enough calories in general on a regular basis. Because if not, it's going to send that message to your body that it's in a famine. Because, yeah, fasting can be done, but is it done in an optimal situation, just because we can survive with something doesn't mean that we're going to thrive.
2: I love that. So, can you explain yeah. that a little bit
1: more? Absolutely. So um, people tend to refer back to our ancestors, you know, when we were cave people and how um, we didn't have these health problems back then. And they explained that that must be because of fasting. And, you know, I beg to differ. And so this is science, again, because of that metabolic piece. And it's just unfortunate that the name has been misused. Because when your metabolism is optimized, it's not automatically that's what weight loss means. That's not the case. You can be starving yourself and lose weight and then your metabolism is actually messed up. So... When you're fasting, you're going to increase your stress hormone. And we all know that cortisol is linked to belly fat. So if you're, not, if you're doing things like fasting or lowering your carbs, you're going to increase your cortisol over time, and you will eventually hang on to belly fat. When you do inevitably give into those cravings or start eating as much as your body actually needs, or even if you're under eating, your body will adapt so much to that low energy quantity that it will start storing fat to survive because that's what we did back in our ancestral days. That's how we stored energy was with fat. So that's the wise thing to do. And that's why you see people gaining weight after their diet or when they finally stop fasting because they just want to go out to brunch with their friends like a normal person. <laughs>
2: You no, know, my old theory was is the reason why our ancestors didn't have as much health problems, which they did, but as much as we do now, because we yeah. don't they didn't have the modern conveniences they had to walk and actual manual labor to do everything. Mm-hmm. you know, we were physically active from sun up to sundown unless you were rich, yeah, and for the most part, we are yeah. now. Right. And
1: that's a huge piece of it. It's balance. It's burning energy with um, exercise regularly. And that doesn't mean you're having to force it and run a marathon and then you just never work out because you don't want to do that again. It's just the regular things like even doing work around the house regularly that can help your body burn that energy. It's a balance of burning the energy and consistently consuming it and your body will start to trust that there's going to be that balance over time. And, of course, the chemicals do play a part.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I think there's a lag. There might be a little bit. Go ahead, and I'll ask you a question afterwards.
1: Okay. I was just going to say, of course, you know, chemicals and things like that can play a part, but it's, you know, really all about balance getting enough nutrients, and, um, you know, it's important to make sure that you're getting enough food first and foremost, because if our ancestors had the choice, you bet they would have
2: done that. You know, there's so many different theories out there of why people crave certain things. Mm
4: hmm
2: You know, my big belief is that it's a lot, and it's what I've been trained scientifically about, is this, you know, that part of your brain is the only part that hasn't evolved yet, and it's basically to keep you alive. You know, we crave Mm -hmm. certain things because, A, we're missing something emotionally in our system, but also, yeah, you know, yeah. it's to cover up or get what we can't get. And it's that withdrawal. And we have to have it all right now because we don't, we're so used to restricting ourselves that we don't know when we're going to get it again.
1: Absolutely. That is 100% it and 100% what I would say. And like you said, it can be a nutrition deficiency like someone craving chocolate might be low in chromium. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with chocolate, you know. And there are more nutritious sources that you might like better that you've never tried, like raw cacao, oh. you know. Yeah. So it's a matter of people not knowing what they um, – it's just, you know, it's not funded, you know, certain foods being available. You rarely see a commercial for, like, an organic – like a potato or something, you know. So it's just not in the forefront so people don't realize that there's this rich source of nutrients that can also be satisfying so they won't even have the craving.
2: Well, you brought up a really good point in how our media, all forms of it, actually plays a role in our psyche and what we eat and how we eat. And how we diet and don't diet or exercise. Yeah, Yeah. that's very true. So
1: people are blamed a lot, like it's all your fault, it's your willpower, but it's also the society that they're placed in, you know, just like in the Mediterranean, everyone knows the Mediterranean diet is pretty much hailed as the one that seems to be helpful in so many aspects for health. But people in the Mediterranean, you know, they don't have so many processed foods thrown at them. And it's... Just kind of if you're born in that place, you're going to be in a healthier metabolic and physical place generally.
2: Yeah, You just brought up a really good point. All these different cultural diets or lifestyles. it may work for them because they were born into that genetically and physically. Their body's adjusted to that. Same with like the paleo diet. But that doesn't work for, doesn't always work for the individuals that aren't part of that culture or that area. It's the same way here, you know, it's like, you know, being from Minnesota, we eat a lot of fish, most of us do anyway, as opposed to being down the south and you get a lot of the cultural foods there.
1: Right. And that does play a big part. Your genetic code is definitely affected by what has been eaten, you know, ancestrally recently, even... It, in that lifetime it can affect like your microbiome and things like that so you might be have a better time digesting something like a potato or milk even if you've had more of it your body has created more of that bacteria or you know farther down the line if your ancestors did it there's a reason you know that people do that and they feel okay doing it a lot of times, you know, and that's okay. You don't have to fight it. And if you don't like it, then there can be a reason for that, too. Can you,
2: calling
3: in milk
2: now. can you explain a little this bit country. what microbiomes are?
1: hmm So that's, like, generally it's the bacterial balance in your gut. So, um everyone's is going to be different at a different time. Um, it can there can be too much bacteria in a certain area and that can cause issues even taking a probiotic can potentially cause issues if it's not for the right person at the right time. so things like sauerkraut or kimchi which are often cultural foods can help. Um, instill that biodiversity that's going to help you process food in a certain place. And back to your point on the location that you're in, where you grow vegetables, for instance, or even the bacteria that you encounter just living in that area can affect your microbiome and that's going to affect how you digest the food in that area specifically. So, if you grow something in your specific area that can actually be more suited to you because of that.
0: Mary, it's country. Can you all hear me? Yes, Yes, sir. Well, you know, with me being not just because of my geographical location, but understand the country aspects and what the young lady is talking about, we took fire, uh, the ashes, from our wood heaters and wood stoves and we use them as organic fertilizer. The word organic has been so abused and misused that nobody has a clue on what organic means anymore. Mm -hmm. Do they invent some more organic soil that we don't know about? I just happened to be placed off in the northeast Georgia mountains, and Day Clemson University, the University of Georgia, they said we have some of the third richest soil in the planet based on our geographical location up near six thousand miles of Chattahoochee national forest that goes through the great smoky mountains. And of course, up we have the head, not the tail of the Chattahoochee national river, natural rich soil. But when y'all start talking about things like milk, we had our own cow that ate organic grass. We have a garden. I have a garden here in Atlanta that's 6.2 acres, but when we grow stuff in the country, They have soil crop rotation. We grow corn over here this year, but you grow a soybean over there next year. And all the different types of minerals that are in the soil, they can be utilized to go into the veggies and stuff nowadays. But now we've just been misled on so many different things. And then kind of throw a curveball into the conversation. One of my jobs years ago doing this, what they call the flu season, was to go into the grocery store and ask people simple questions. Something like, ma'am, sir, excuse me, do you wash your fruits and veggies off really good when you get them home? Because as we know, a city folks know, they spray your cucumbers and tomatoes and squash and all those things lightly with wax because your body will fight off its own bacteria and enzymes, but not everybody else's that handled ha- handle that apple before you shined it up on your shirt sleeve and ate it on the way home without even washing it. Most people that I asked if they wash their fruits and veggies when they got home? Nine out of 10 would tell me yes. But my next question was, what did you wash it with? And they said, i just rinsed it off in the sink. My question was, have you ever tried to wash wax off with water? So a lot of the bacteria, bacteria that people are getting, it's become because the food is not prepared right, and number one, it wasn't cleaned properly. How do you wash mm-hmm. your grapes? How do you wash your broccoli? The the bacteria is hung down in the little thing. so if anything has been sprayed with wax and you run water off it, oh, the water repels. So the, the truth was really told, you didn't wash your veggies off, off at all. You just took them home and ate them. But so there's a lot of things that come in and now genetically since they've modified seed, how do you grow a seedless grape without a seed? And now they can put things in the seed that's in the vegetables and stuff that even grows. So we do have to become smarter, smarter consumers of the food that we eat. And the last one when you guys first started talking my grandmama used to get up at 3 a.m. and walk 12 to 15 miles a day to work and then come home and clean the organic chickens, stream the green beans, cook the dinner, do the dessert. Everything was balanced. But, see, what happened was, what about that 12 to 15 miles? My grandma was walking 20 miles a day to work. Exercise, water, and we know all the bacteria that are found in the water now, and sunshine. So a lot of people don't even get sunshine, that natural vitamin that you need that you can only get from the sun. And I'll just kind of stop right there.
1: That is such a good point. All of those are such good points. Yeah, I would recommend everyone definitely wash their vegetables. What I do is I do a mixture of half vinegar, half water, and a couple drops of like an organic or not necessarily organic but just a natural to where there's no added like fragrance or something like that and that will just make it to where it's just enough to emulsify that wax and actually get rid of those bacteria so that's what I would do and it's very important that you get rid of those microbes Um, and yeah the sun is so important that's another great part great point to what we were saying just as much as you need to eat enough and to exercise, the sun is so important for your metabolism and your energy in general. It's going to make you process those sugars and that food better. And it's how our ancestors lived. So,
0: Quick, uh, quick cliff note, vinegar does work. That's a country thing. But it only kills about 36 to 40 different bacteria. If you really want to clean your fruits and veggies off, secret promise I'll give you all this secret if you promise to tell everybody you know. Lemon juice. 100% not diluted lemon juice kills over 6,000 bacteria. It will penetrate that wax coating on your food and it will kill all the other bacteria that you can't see with your eyes. So if you will take and put, I got a spray bottle in my kitchen. In case I leave a coffee cup or don't want to wash that one dish, I spray it with citric acid. Ooh, that's a nasty word, ain't it?
4: <laughs> Lemon
0: juice. Okay. And then I also have one in my bathroom in case men can't guide it good and hit the toilet seat. And then right at the bottom, since we're always showering and running in a hurry, if you just notice at the bottom of your shower curtain, It'll start the mildew if it stays wet down there too long. So if you don't have time to clean your bathtub every time you shower, put yourself 100%, 100% pure, did y'all hear that word, lemon juice, spray your shower. It'll eat up the soap scum off your tile wall and it'll keep your shower curtain from forming bacteria but being moist and not having sunlight in there. So lemon juice and uh if you guys that do exercise and get your exercise on, if your feet sweat like mine and your shoes smelly really good <laughs> Uh, spray lemon juice in your boots in your running shoes. And then last one, if you're not gonna do laundry every day Y'all know that little thing they call a hamper? (laughs) Yeah, spray the lemon juice inside of your hammer, and it'll also kill the bacteria in your clothes.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense with the acidity and the enzymes in there.
2: What advice would you give individuals for trying to figure out where to start
1: That is such a good question that I feel like is' completely neglected when people are looking for health advice um, I mean depends where they're starting, of course. So have they been on a bunch of crash diets or have they been um, completely just standard American diet? So first of all, I think it's good to make sure that you're getting all your nutrients if possible. Um, I like to put in all of what I eat personally into a website or there's an app called Chronometer. It's free. And that will, tell you if you're getting enough of all the different nutrients, of all the different amino acids, to see if you're getting enough protein, which I was surprised as a meat eater, for instance, that I wasn't even getting enough of all the amino acids, which are really important for the health. Um, So that is very important, and to make sure you're getting enough calories, I like the calculator, it's called T-D-E-E that you can look up T-D-E-E So you want enough nutrients and enough calories. And um, it's really important that you're digesting your food. So it's going to be important that you're getting the food that's right for you. And a, a big part of that will be listening to your body and seeing how you feel, you know. And if you've been on a lot of different diets, then it can be harder you know, to eat the amount that you want, so you might have to start really slow and eat a lot less than you actually are supposed to, and very slowly work your way up. Or, you know, if you're eating way too much, it's the same, but off, but you know, the other way around. You just slowly reduce, and you don't want to put too much pressure on your body, and you definitely want to listen to that feedback.
2: You know, you keep bringing up calories, and Mhm. That's a big misconception cuz so many people talk and say in a lot of the diets say, you know, low calories, no calories. Calories are bad. But it's right. a necessity in our human bodies. Yeah. And
1: yeah, calories are energy. So, it's it's amazing. You can go through a lot of nutrition education even, never hear the mention of calories and why they're actually a good thing. You know, it's it's really a shame because people can be doing everything right on their health journey and not realize that they've eaten half the amount of calories that they actually eat during the day, and that's why they feel so bad. So it can be very, very important. And that's actually a lot more common than you would think. People can be, you know, not skinny, but they're they're not getting enough calories, and that's because hormones can play a part. It's not just calories in, calories out. It's how your body's using them.
2: I know for me the oh, hardest yeah. part to learn how to eat again was because I was in the, you know, being in the military, your food's designed for you and you're taught how to eat because you are such an active person when you're in the military and when you get out i'll be the first to admit this i worked out great for the first couple years but as time runs on i get lazier and lazier and don't i lose the motivation to keep exercising and actually Mm -hmm. running and doing the things i used to do but learning how to readjust how you eat based on your activity levels and your lifestyle to eat cro-
1: properly—that's
2: mm-hmm. the one thing a lot of people don't know how to do—is adjust what they eat and how they eat to what they do for every day. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you used to say that too, Mary, because. We was talking about calories and carbs. I had a conversation with one of my uh, fitness trainers at the gym the other day and how carbs, some people run off of carbs. Me, as much as I do during the day and sweat off of three, four, five pounds a day, I can intake a lot of sugar. But when I started looking at my friends who are diabetics, and I have a roommate that's diabetic, and I had to start looking, oh, you can't drink that. And she said, why? I said, read it. Gatorade. I'm not picking on them, y'all. I'm not uh, product bashing or, bashing or anything. But it has 57 grams of sugar. Now, you may not know a whole lot, but I do know that 28 grams is a pound. Now, you multiply 28 times 28, that's 56. You mean you had 2 pounds of sugar in that one drink? Get out of here. 2 ounces. I beg your pardon. 2 ounces of sugar. So again, my grandmother was 103. I asked her what her key to life was, the secret to life, to longevity, and she says moderation. She said, "Baby, I drink a little liquor. I drink a little wine. I have a little salt. I have a little sugar. You know, I have a little rest time. I have a little exercise time." So based, And then here comes the curveball for most people. If you interview 10 people a day, 8 out of 10 people that you ask, well, what's your blood type? They look at you like you're crazy. Now, I'm not a doctor and asking you what your blood type is because I want a doctor on you. I just know, based on being a health and nutrition expert, there's just certain foods that you can't have or shouldn't have, like if you have a certain blood type, you shouldn't be eating all that chicken. It's got salmonella in it. It's not going to process in your body. Oh, and here's the last part, and i push the pause button again. Nobody ever likes to have this conversation. How many times do you go to the bathroom today during the day? You had breakfast, you had lunch, you had dinner, and you had a late evening snack, and you say you hadn't been to the bathroom today? Houston, I think we got a problem. I'll stop right there.
2: But that's a misconception. And can you say something right like quick? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's just really short.
4: Um, country Boy, ha- um, hello to all the panels. I'm enjoying it. It's definitely sitting me right now. I mean, it's like you could tell this line belongs to the higher power because it is a message for somebody who's listening. And it's so powerful. Thank you so much. Country Boy, do you know, I mean, you may know, but I wanted to add, but you know, you know um, called a, a type 2 diabetic and going to my own research. When we when they say all that sugar, in grams underneath of it is maybe you know they add now other numbers. It could be fifteen more percent added to those grams, and then underneath of that is, is some more sugar added to that sugar. That's added to that sugar. I wanted to say that to the diabetics out there that. Don't stop at the ground. There's two more levels of sugars that's added to the added sugars. Thank you. I'm still listening and enjoying the show. Thank you so well, much. Well, just in Thank
0: education. You. I'm a very educated individual. I could go read every label in the grocery store and not go
2: ahead. Did you want to talk a little bit about diabetes and about sugars? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: so as far as diabetes, the one thing that I think isn't mentioned is the importance of nutrients for your sugar handling. So we need chromium in order to process sugars. So whether that's from, you know, starch, fruits, or actual sugar, you need certain nutrients to handle them. So if most people are definitely deficient in these nutrients. And if you put your intakes into that website, chronometer.com, you will find that you're missing so many of these. And you might not realize that that's why you're not handling sugar properly. Um, you need the B vitamins. Those are extremely important for handling sugars. Um, but also, um, like the caller mentioned about how he can, you know, handle a lot of sugar with all he's been, you know, working out. Um, you know, a lot of people do run on sugar, but not necessarily in the way that you would think. Um, because when we're in a stressed metabolism, our body will shift and start running on fat because it will start, um, breaking down fat when that cortisol is released so that's a really important part of blood sugar handling that people don't understand it's not just the pancreas it's the adrenals which are your stress hormones and your liver so if either of those are a weak link you're going to have an issue with blood sugar so you could be eating a quote-unquote perfect diet which we can argue as to whether or not that actually exists but you could be doing all the right things and you could still have that blood sugar just because you're stressed out. And, of course, not getting things like B vitamins, which would also help your stress. Or, for instance, in the case of my grandma, she was pre-diabetic. And I came to find out that was an issue with her liver because she had um, a history of mono Epstein-Barr infection. And that affects the liver. So we gave her something to manage that and she was not pre-diabetic anymore. So it's not that she was doing anything wrong with her diet. She's the person that shoved all the healthy food down my mom's throat exclusively. And she still eats that way, but because there was an infection that she didn't know about, that was actually causing her issue. So it can be a lot of things. It's not just you're at fault for all of your health issues. It can be something that you simply weren't informed is ailing you you know it could be a past infection that's causing inflammation or harming your liver you know you could need extra supplemental support and again um, you need to make sure you're getting enough nutrients and it can also be macronutrient balance of course so we need carbs as well as fat as well as protein a lot of people aren't getting enough protein And um, people may be getting way too much fat if they've gotten into the, you know, it's a big thing in our culture right now, especially in America, that fat is the best thing and we want to run on fat and eat, like, a lot of fat. Um, And people might not realize how much they're actually getting if they're not tracking it. It could be, like, 50% of their daily calories. And if that's the, the case, then you're not actually using carbs well. And that is actually important to be using your carbs well because that um, it's important for the metabolism. If you're not getting a certain proportion of carbs in your diet, you're not going to have proper thyroid function. And um, that can be another issue is improper thyroid function. You're not going to be bringing the, the sugar into your cells if your thyroid isn't working properly. So, you know, it's not... Super cut and dry, and there's a lot of different factors, and it's not always the person that's at fault. It can definitely just be an issue of not having all the information, which there's definitely a shortage of.
4: <laughs> and I'm telling you, the information that you just dropped just now is being one experiencing um, that type of um, discomfort of body, I appreciate that um i mean it it just put me into you know with the mindset that i'm I have i now like I just told myself, I said, you know, wonder if the structure of life was not college. To learn business, or how to screw each other in business, and how to do business, and just only write business, and all this complication that come to it, and we went to not college, like Mary said, to change the word of maybe the human body anatomy, the the, the human body. Say if that was our lesson, and we learned and sat back and broke it down like you just did as you know, different areas and the parts that the, the, that the role plays in our bodies, these instruments. I'm on a whole different site today. You know, I love coming on this line. I love coming to um, the blog talk show hosted by Mary and Country Boy and then Kane and Rick and Ron and, and all our friends. And um, because you truly, truly go and learn something. You really are, and I'm, 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 just, I'm, I'm just all over myself. Like, I'm really hugging myself because I'm sitting here making a promise as like um, to add, like Country Boy said, you know, Grandma said, you know, she's in moderation. That's what keeps me going, the moderation. Like, I don't beat up on myself. I don't do the word diet and all that. I just know that keep it moderate. So I eat like a bird now. I'm at a good weight, and I just don't focus on it. I just try to do best. But still, even at that moderation level, to add it with the knowledge that you just, how you broke down our system, and you only did a, a few parts of them, but it, be, it brings awareness that whatever a person's issue is, that um, they should take that as just that's a, a jewel. Because to maybe help yourself, you have to, you know, travel your system and see, if you know, what else is aggravating uh, that system that will add to what you're going through. I mean, this is just powerful. I thank you very much. I didn't catch your name because I came in 10 minutes late. But um, if you could um, say your name and kind of reintroduce yourself so that I can be familiar with you, I would appreciate that. Um, thank you, Mary. A beautiful show. Beautiful show. Thank you. I'm, I'm still listening. And you would tell me your name again. I appreciate it.
3: I'm
1: not acting too
4: bad. <laughs> Thank you. And my name is Paige. Um, I'm a nutritional hey. therapy practitioner. So, oh. Well, some yeah. call me queen. My mother named me Kim, and I'm truly uh, one of the board members. And when I say board members, I mean on this show, you know, just rolling with uh, my family. And so I hope to hear you again. I'll, Keep up with the um, presentations when you come through. It's very enlightening. I like to let you know that. So thank you so, thank much, you so much, much for your much. service.
3: Hi Paige and Mary, this is Linda, also from Buffalo, but um, I just tuned in late. Ran actually just went into a doctor's appointment, um, and you know, so I just really caught the tail end of. Um, but I'm trying myself. I'm just trying to. Um, remove harmful things. I know, um, you know, sodas and, and, um, you know, sweet things, you know, again, you can have maybe once in a while, but not every day. And so, you know, it's just, you know, what you were saying, I like caught the tail end about the, um, about the carbs and just doing everything really in moderation. Um, and knowing your body, you know, knowing, um, you know, what you can have. And what you your, what your body can can you know take and what your body can't accept. With me, um, because I'm lactose intolerant, um, I have to watch. I can have ice cream a small dish once in a while, but if you do too much, <laughs> the body repels. So, um, but I didn't want to interrupt what was what was, what you were saying, Paige, because it's very interesting and a very useful. Thank you.
2: Thank
1: you.
2: So I am working on adding two shows, excuse me, two new shows to the lineup, one on
3: diabetes
2: and one on nutrition with certified Mm -hmm. nutritionists. Answer your
3: questions and help you all live your best life. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, i just now, my I was pre-diabetic, and my doctor's been watching me for a year and a half, and I just kind of crossed the line a little, so, um, so you know, it, it's more important to me than ever um, is the nutrition and, um, you know, watching what my body intake is, so that's good. Well, that, may, that brings to
4: my attention, too. You know, um, these shows, Mary, as I see them moving towards the future, you know, may the motivation be for us to, you know, grab hold of this and really start buckling down and maybe maybe remove the word doctor and put um, just, um, be, you know, we have to care about ourselves. You know, a doctor, we can't just keep putting our whole life Understanding into someone who don't even really know how to write their name. Not putting down doctors now because thank that there's good doctors. That's that's some. Like I'm not bashing doctors, but I am saying that a lot of them are wrong. Some of them are just experimental, and a lot of them not even in the hospitals. When I had that emergency and going there, they were only interns. The doctors deal with them through the computer now. Like they're not walking through the buildings like maybe people might think unless you've been in hospital you know they're not in there so we need we need to really and i'm going to spread the word more to women and invite them to the show so that in hopes that you know we can you know help people to say look let me look in the mirror at me let me let me do um what miss page just said you know let me let me talk to my liver I'm going over here and see what my kidney doing. And, Hello. <laughs> you know, I'm loving this. I'm like, yeah, I love it. I got it
3: right on time. This is wonderful. I'm going to pass the mic. Yes, yes. Paige, just a quick, um, because I just caught the tail end. What were you saying about, I mean, obviously, you can't cut all carbs out. I know my brother-in-law did that once. He went on to Atkins, cut out all carbs, had one beer, and it sent him to the hospital because his body went into, like, some kind of a shock thing. Um, So, of course, again, it was balanced. But what were you saying about, um, you know, are the good carbs and bad carbs or... Um,
1: I don't think I've used those terms specifically, so I hope I can answer your question with what you're looking for. Um, Let me know if it's not what you're looking for, but I think what I was saying is that it's important to balance your carbs with fat and protein, and people might not be um, processing them properly for a variety of reasons. In that specific instance, what I would think is actually you can become um, insulin resistant Um, removing carbs believe it or not um contrary Mm -hmm. to a lot of the topics in the mainstream right now about carbs being you know the devil or whatever but um that makes perfect sense to me that that happened to him because the body just stops processing it so it your body literally, like you said, it gets shocked and his metabolism downregulated, so it just couldn't handle it. So it probably overwhelmed his liver or his pancreas. Um, and it's it's really important. That's why it's so important to keep those things in there and to also go very slow when it comes to reintroducing something. Because some more yes. than others, they need to take it really slow, um, like balancing it with fat and protein, um...
4: I know why you do too. That's probably why. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Paul. You know, you know that program alone. This is like this is like a a study group for for me that continues. Um, Linda knows what I'm talking about because we were talking about the program alone. That was a alone. It was the first time that it kind of puts me into where you have the, the conversation at and understanding these things. And I kept saying, wow, fat, you know, because the, the, the um, contestants, they just kept saying, you know, I really need this fat in my bones. I really need this fat, you know, and it stopped breaking down well. If you don't get the fat in so many days, it causes this, it causes that. And, you know, that's this is all new to me as far as, um my, the, 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 what my body needs and, and how each individual yes, That's why we it really, need.
3: really is a balance. Yeah,
4: you know, we, we, we are needs. equal as humans, but we're different in makeup far as, you know, my liver can take something your liver can't take and da-da-da-da-da. So yes, this is yes. beautiful, Mary.
3: Yes, Mary, please keep this up. Um this we need this. My nutritionist once told, once told me if you are going to have crackers, have either peanut butter or cheese with it. And then she also said, and when you have crackers, you do not eat the whole roll. <laughs> but, but yes. you know, if you, because it's balancing the carbs and the and the fats. Correct? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Wow. Gonna, oh, wow. wow. He also told me, You know, he was asking what I and he said you can have baked beans as long as you rinse all the sauce off and eat the beans, (laughs) 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 which is probably true, but didn't sound as much fun.
4: (laughs) I love all beans. I love all beans. I'm a bean lover.
3: Well, Mary, thanks, and Paige, thank you so much. I'm going to listen to the show in the entirety on the archive. That's the beauty of these, that they are archived so I can catch up on things. But, Paige, thank you so much for your knowledge and sharing it. And, Mary, thank you for for bringing Paige on to, to teach us. I appreciate that. Yes, we truly do, truly. Thank you. I'm glad y'all enjoying it so okay i'm going to sign off and um just went in and i'm going to use the restroom in the in the office so i'm going to say goodbye and thank you all bye-bye so now your husband can hear again
2: (laughs) (laughs) so linda is the wife of the president of the hope collection the organization that actually sponsors our radio show and he just got hearing big fancy hearing aids and they're not working properly so he can't hear very well at the moment
4: <laughs>
2: as we wind down the clock page what is some advice that you can give individuals especially people who are just starting out might be pre-diabetic or just struggling with their life as it is at the moment and want to make changes. Mm -hmm. So I would make sure that you're getting a complete
1: protein at every meal. It's really important. Ideally, the size of your palm approximately. Definitely get some vegetables if possible in there, like at least a cup or two. um, And or some fruit. It's great if you can have both or at least, vegetables and then I would include a starch as well um, about the size of your fist or you know if you're hungry for more that's totally fine um, and I would say that's a pretty good place to start to get a broad spectrum of your nutrients and also meet balance of uh, your fats well your protein and your carbs and it is also important to get your fat so that would mean not restricting things like oils um, or not, you know, choosing something like non-fat milk, not being afraid of something like butter or even tallow, which is like a beef-based fat. Um, fats are not evil either. So you can use those. Make your food taste good with them. Fat makes your vegetables so much better. And don't be afraid to salt them either because we do need salt specifically in the unrefined form that provides minerals as well. So, and don't forget to go to chronometer.com to in, uh, to put in your nutrients if you can.
2: You brought up a really interesting point. And I know I'm going to open a can of worms here, but <laughs> salt. So many people tell you not to have it. But. Yeah, it's essential for many different things in our bodies. Is there a particular kind that's better than the others?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, like the Himalayan salt, basically any unrefined salt. What I really like is, um, I'm going to see what type it is specifically. Right now, um, I like the Jacobson salt. You can get a really big... Um, shaker of it on Amazon if you want. So it's a really good price for a super high-quality salt. So um, salt.
2: Now, is having, hopefully she calls back in. I just lost her, but um, we're running out of time. And we're working on getting
4: her back And before before we close it out, and as far as the salt, maybe you could, maybe we continue it from that point next time. But you know, Mary, thinking about the salt, you know, it's too much salt. Uh, reflects the, the flammation of, of your feet. You know, your feet are swell up and not enough salt. So I would like to continue on the, the lesson of the balance of salt and maybe how can could, could we figure out a balance where salt is concerned. Thank you so much, oh, Mary. So powerful. Yeah. Glad I came in. I'll make sure Victoria is on the next one. Uh, she's having trouble with her phone service, so a lot of people can't come on to the line because their phone service won't allow them. But I'll make sure we a conference call the next time and we get this going. This is powerful. Thank you, Mary. Um, Queen, do you use social media at all? Um, yeah, but my phone, so I can't, I'm not doing much, and then I'm waiting on my granddaughter to get a charger. So we've kind of been shut down a couple of days, but yeah, I do the social media. Yes, I'm going to say yes,
2: yes. All right, I'm going to send you a link to our Facebook group. I'm going to have her put something in there just to optimize my life. We have a group on Facebook where you can ask questions, and our hosts will give you answers. If we don't know the answer, we will find someone that does. That sounds good.
4: Yeah, send me the link, Mayor. Of course. So, yes, and I'll, and I'll definitely share it as well. I'm more than happy to share the link. I think, you know, women need to really start taking that serious. If we're going to believe in a doctor, doctor ourselves, along with the professional advice, you know, along with someone who, you know, has the tools to study a little more, Inside of the body, and you can trust them. If you can find someone on that side who you feel you could trust, and it's on, you know, and good. Then we're able to come together, and you know, heal, our, help heal ourselves, or bring our bodies back to healing itself. So, I will. I look forward to this. I do.
0: Well, just real quickly, Mary Queen. I was thinking the same thing when you started speaking. I've never mm-hmm. been a a doctor basher but being a country boy in the closest hospital to my hometown is 22 miles away, our last consideration was going to a doctor. So that was called what they called home When I talk to doctors, they don't like me. They ask me to leave the room. Is there something in a nut, fruit, a berry, or herb that you can give my brother instead of this medicine? They don't want to answer that. When you walk into a doctor's office and read their certificate or their diploma on the wall, it says practicing, practicing medicine. Um, No more practicing on our ancestors, on our relatives, on our brothers and sisters that have diabetes, yeah. if we can grow it and eat it well, if we got things like moringa that has 300 natural minerals in it, 46 antioxidants, 36 anti-inflammatories, omega-3, 6, and 9, 9 amino acids your body won't produce, where is it? The government's hiding it. So we're, mm. we're going to bring out, maybe we might need to schedule another uh, show about diabetes because I'm not the only one. I don't have it. My eyebrows, well, I've got a few left, are still standing mm-hmm. up on what they're not yeah. telling us. We can't keep running around talking about, forgive That's us, really? Father, because we know not. And we're going to be running around <laughs> in the 21st century talking about, I didn't know. You know That's
4: right. This is
2: right. This
4: so is right. right. All right.
0: So
2: we are almost out of time for today. Queen, I will send you a link to the show. And I will send you a link mm-hmm. to our Facebook group. And, and Join Country us.
4: Boys. Um I my phone my phone has been reprogrammed. Country Boy, hit me up a text, a message so I can put you back in on my
2: contacts. All right. Join okay. us back here tonight at nine PM Eastern. We are launching Gavin Johns and his new show. Rising to the Majors, Laugh in Adversity. And he's going to talk about adversity and how his faith has helped him not give up when things happen and all his struggles that he has went through and how he has used his faith among others and support systems to help him keep going and persevering.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And our show, it'll be every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Same number, same channel. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you for joining us today. See you back here tonight and then tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. Bye for now. Be blessed. Everybody be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio.
0: We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media and optimize my life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care and remember to make each day count.